Welcome to Finding True Worth, a podcast dedicated to people who have graduated from self-improvement books and promises of quick fixes and are ready to take action. I'm Amani Esamed, spiritual advisor and personal growth mentor. In each episode, we bring you a guest sharing insights, wisdom, and strategies designed to help you cultivate self-authority and create a life based on true worth. Today, my good friend and client, Laura, joins me to speak on the topic of living a fully expressed life. Thank you so much for joining me today, Laura. Laura and I have been having these conversations in context of private mentorship, and we thought many of the things that we've been discussing could be beneficial for others to hear. Thank you for having me on. I'm glad that you can be here with us today, Laura. Just to get started, can you tell us a little bit about who you are, about your personal background, and your chosen career path? Yes, I'm Laura, and I was born outside of Chicago in a very small town and went to high school in that area. I studied actually marketing at University of Illinois in Champaign-Urbana. I was very fortunate. I was the only person in my senior class to be selected to work back then at Leo Burnett, which is a large advertising firm in Chicago. So I started right into a big career in advertising straight out of school and continued on that path. And I've worked at large agencies and smaller ones in Chicago, San Francisco, and Miami up until this point. It's been a really interesting experience. The reason why I chose that career path is because initially I was a very artistic young child and I thought I wanted to go into graphic design. So I entered into school with a graphic design major, but I began to get really nervous about being able to support myself and get a job right out of school. My particular university happened to have an actual marketing and advertising career path. So I thought that was a way that I could maintain some level of creativity, but have more job stability coming out of my schooling, which was my primary goal was to get on a path to, at that time, what I viewed would be some stability and a way to get out of my hometown and start to explore the world. That's wonderful. And thank you for sharing that, Laura. So would you say like one of your biggest motivating factors with choosing the career path of marketing was stability? And it sounds like possibly exploring, getting out of your small town to be able to go to what you shared were some big cities. 100%. I knew that it was a career path that had large agencies and companies all over the world. And if I were to be successful and go that path, I could move around and see different parts of the world, which I knew I wanted to do in the back of my mind. I was ready to get out and see the world. And why would you say that you were ready to get out and see the world and you wanted to actually travel? Because I'm thinking when I was in high school, I just wanted to just graduate. You already (laughs) was thinking of a career path and chose marketing and even taking the time to go through, okay, it's challenging being an artistic person and wanting to do that, but it's not being stable enough. I'm just thinking of who has that adult mindset in high school (laughs) like you did. So what was that inspiration for you to say, yes, I want to get out of my small town? I think because I was always a high achiever and I feel like even before I went away to university that I had accomplished a lot of goals. I was top of my class. I was in a lot of athletics. 
And I saw all of my friends that I grew up with not really motivated to do, to travel, to see the world. They would have been quite happy to come back to our little small hometown, be there for the rest of their lives. And it made me really nervous to think that's it. So I was always reaching beyond the point that I had achieved to see, okay, I've done that. What's next? What's ahead? And I was very uncomfortable before I even graduated high school to think that the end state was to stay where I was, <laughs> but just get, have a job. It made me very uncomfortable. And that's so relatable, Laura, because I know like a lot of listeners and myself, we are overachievers. We're willing to do what it takes to get things done. And then in comparison to colleagues or constituents, you know, our list may run longer in terms of accomplishments. So definitely could relate to that. How would you say your opportunities unfolded for you in life? I think in a very traditional way in that I knew what it took to graduate top of your class. I knew what it took to put in the hard work and skills to be promoted quickly throughout a career. And I also was at a young age true to myself and was able to forge good working relationships so that as I moved about from one position to another, I had forged a good reputation and good relationships where other people were looking out for me and able to put a good recommendation in for me. So I certainly was doing it by the book, so to speak, but it worked for me. And I was very fortunate to have opportunities unfold, I guess, in the traditional, if there was a book about the, that they told Americans on how life was supposed to unfold in a career path, mine was similar to that. Now, taking that, which you shared, and I think so many can relate to that, in terms of as they see themselves having various types of opportunities, trying to do the best in class, trying to do the best in their job. When we explore this concept, which is today's topic of living a fully expressed life, back then, would you have ever or even known what a fully expressed life meant? Absolutely not. I didn't have access to that kind of thinking. And I wouldn't have known. And if I did, I'm not sure I would have cared because at that moment in time, my main motivation was more financial or typical, I guess, societal norms driven. At that time, a little bit more financially driven. I wanted to obtain a position that would allow me the financial stability to do whatever I wanted and move about life in the way that I wanted to. And not the knock, you know, being financially ambitious and seeking that, you know, those life experiences. Did you feel at that time that anything was even missing when you were going after what you felt was opportunities that were most aligned to what you wanted to do and the life you wanted to live? At that time, no, not at all. I was just excited that I was learning new things, meeting new people, going to new cities and progressing. Because I think when you're younger and you're still, life's changing very quickly and you're moving up the corporate ladder quickly, things are changing rapidly and it's exciting. And I was changed, I was moving cities, not often, but drastically different cities and meeting lots of different people. So life was kind of exciting. So looking at of living a fully expressed life. Well, what does that mean to you now? And why is it even important now in life, considering that back then it was not even a thing to think about or consideration and it didn't even feel like anything was missing? 
Yeah. I think that living a fully expressed life means probably something different to a lot of different people. And when I became aware of that was what it meant was probably after I had already achieved all the things I wanted to achieve and probably been to every country in the world I wanted to visit and achieved all I wanted to from a traditional career standpoint. So then I started to get in touch with, not intentionally, but different aspects of myself that didn't have to do with all the places I'd been in my mind, which were more typical places. So, you know, a fully expressed life started to mean other things and that I had to start to fill in. So for one person, living a fully expressed life might mean helping others. For another, it might be being able to do what they want to do all day long. For me, it's always changing. I think now the best description is trying to live according to your authentic self and whatever it is you're doing and trying to create a life that allows you to do all the things that you need to do throughout a day to support yourself spiritually, financially, socially, in a way that meets all of your values. Beautiful. So would you say, Laura, that your interest or your priorities shifted from back then when you were traveling the world, you know, going from one job promotion to the next, working with various corporations or corporate clients to now something different? I would say to something more. I didn't realize then, because I still do a lot of those things, but I got to a point where, similar to when I was a young 18, 19-year-old wanting to leave my hometown, where you're looking around, you're like, that's it? <laughs> it got to the point where you're looking at life going, that's it? That can't be all there is to life. And then you start to look inward. Well, what else motivates me? What else makes me happy? What else fulfills me? Because if I just keep doing sort of external things, it's, I kind of wasn't as fulfilled anymore. So you start to look within for other things to balance out different aspects of yourself. And I heard you say earlier, it was doing things that were most aligned to your authentic self. So it almost feels like going inwards and in doing so that could be a little bit of a shift the way you normally go about life. So can you talk to the listeners about some of the biggest challenges you face as you've begun to understand more about this authentic self? Yeah, a lot of it probably had to do with, for me personally, with changing what my priorities were. And for example, the person I am today is unrecognizable to who I was 10 years ago, where I would rather have personal time to utilize. I would rather not go to a late dinner, for example. I would rather stay in so that I could get up really early and and have time out in nature to do some kind of physical activity. And a lot of my friends and family didn't understand and sort of rejected that notion because that was so different than how I behaved before and had a hard time integrating some of my new values into what they perceived of me before. And that was really difficult at first because they were not wanting me to not go with the herd. They, it was easier. And I've thought about that a lot. Sometimes life is easier and when you are following the herd, it becomes hard when you step away and say, no, I know this makes me happier to do certain habits and behaviors that are perfectly aligned with who I am as my authentic self. It would creates an internal friction to stay true to what you know is good for you versus what everybody else wants you to do. 
Yeah. And more along that line, because I can imagine many of us, myself included, going about life from a young age, looking at the external, looking at what's coming in and and what's being told and what's being taught. So my life was a reflection of that. And I think so many of the listeners can relate to that. So to actually cultivate the ability to go within and understand who this authentic self, I can imagine is a huge shift. How did you actually go about that? I don't know. It was an intentional journey, but I will say, I think when you start to become connected to something greater than yourself and you get time and space where you're able to reflect on a, actually who you are that's outside of your daily responsibilities, that was sort of, I guess, a portal for me to learn about myself. And I say that because looking back, as soon as I moved to California and then after that to Miami, I had the ability to be in nature a lot more than I did growing up because I was in Chicago and I was indoors. And for whatever reason, for me, that was a big spiritual connection and, and an outlet for me to have, whether it was on the weekends or going to different parts of nature, particularly in California, where I had the opportunity to, to reflect for the first time that I didn't have in my life up until that, that point. And I started to... I guess, see and feel things about that I didn't ever before because I was just getting up, going to work, going back into the cold and just wasn't aware of, of different aspects of myself. That's interesting. So it almost feel like the, it was a natural occurrence where you are transferred to California, then ultimately to Miami, where it allowed your lifestyle to be around nature. And I heard you say it was a form of like a spiritual connection. And one thing I got out of also what you were saying is almost like you disconnected from how you went about life in order to see or experience something different, which almost seems like it was a calling to say, okay, I want more of this, or I'm interested more of this. That may have been a motivator to seek out more of your authentic self. I don't want to put words in your mouth or say that's how it happened, but that's what I gather from what you just shared. Would that be accurate or would it be something different than that? Yeah, no, I think that's accurate. It made me really evaluate a lot of things. I never really thought about things outside of myself before. And meaning I just thought about kind of how I was going to make money and what I was going to do that, you know, that weekend. It was very kind of a very superficial level. The more I reflected, I just, it made me really think about a lot of things. I became much more conscious about the earth and sustainability. And I never really, I did, but not in a very concerted effort. So as soon as this connection, if you will, was opened up, it really shifted. And I started to consider, you know, here I am working on all these brands and companies, I'm helping them develop architectures and values. But like, I really started to consider what are mine? And, you know, Mm -hmm. how do I want to live my life? And who do I want around me? What activities do I want to do on a daily basis that are meaningful? That's going to be my, you know, what's my blueprint? And I don't want it to be, I started to have a yearning for it to be different than everybody else's too. Because we are all obviously unique individuals. 
I'm glad you said that because I once heard that the quality of our life comes from the quality of the questions that we ask ourselves. So it's almost sounds like you were asking different things of yourself and you came to this place of, hold on, compared to the clients I'm working on, I can't say my life is adding up to where it needs to be. And then even more, and which I think is wonderful to share with our audience is that you're still in that corporate environment. You're still living that lifestyle. But in order to live this more fully or live this fully expressed life, it's about something more than that. It's in addition to that. Right. And I did go through a time frame where it was very confusing because you start to think, okay, wait, is it this or that? Am I supposed to choose? And you go through all this in your mind, but it is very much like architecting your own brand from within. And it isn't just one thing or another. We're complex human beings and you have different needs and values that you have to attend to, to have a fully expressed life. And that's, I think, really important for people to understand how you bring all of those worlds together. And I can show up. I am who I am. And as long as I'm showing up and being true to myself and whatever activity it is that I'm doing, whether it's in a corporate environment or doing something creative on my own or doing sports or helping with a volunteer sustainability project, same person, as long as I'm showing up and being true to myself, that's being fully expressed. And with that, Laura, what would you say are activities or are habits that make you feel most fully expressed? I think anytime you're connected to something greater than yourself, And to apply that, it's probably hardest to apply that in your job situation, but not necessarily because sometimes you're helping someone else along or helping a client to see something they couldn't see right away. And you can generate that same kind of fulfillment that you do in more obvious activities in all aspects of your life. But for me, I know I need to be contributing to something more than just myself. I'm not the kind of person who is happy to just show up, do the work, take a paycheck, see you later. Like I want to be contributing to helping something to help someone innovate in a corporate environment is amazing to me because you're you're moving things forward and, and making progress. To me, that's the same wavelength as helping to volunteer on a sustainability project because it's progress. So anything that allows me to contribute, make progress, innovate. I feel like I'm being true to myself. That's wonderful to hear. And I think so many of us actually are in maybe a job or an executive position, and we feel like we are there just to get things done. So to hear you say that you can still be in that job or that position and connect to something greater, it's huge. Do you mind maybe just expounding a little bit on that notion, because I think so many listeners could take a great deal of this into their life that can make it helpful for them. Because for me personally, I always felt my background, as many of you know, if you've listened to my story, was that I'm a CPA. That's what I kind of do as a profession. And there are times where I struggled with having that, the struggle of being in it just for, you know, getting compensated and perhaps wanting to do more, something more meaningful, such as this, this brand, I Am Worthy Inc. So finding being able to connect to something greater than yourself 
it's still in the space of operating as an executive or a manager or whatever that position is, whatever you can share with our audience would be great. I mean, one thing, just personally, I don't know who said it and maybe you've heard it before, but how you do one thing is how you do everything. Mm. And for me, I find a lot of comfort or solace in that how I approach anything in my life connects me back to who I am and to whatever this, you know, greater thing that you happen to believe in. So however I show up into whatever environment that I'm in, that connects me to something greater than myself. So it's kind of a cop-out if I don't show up in the best way that I possibly can in the in an environment that might be challenging or not my favorite thing or whatever it is that I'm doing. You know, I hear you. It's, it's sometimes a challenge to make everything in your life add up and tie into like perfect little boxes, but you are who you are and it's your job to show up as yourself in all those different environments. And I think the piece to add to that, Laura, when you show up as yourself, you're almost questioning how you're showing up and what you're adding. And I'm using an example with me being a CPA doing taxes. I didn't just want to show up and be a tax preparer, but I wanted to add value to my clients' lives. And that even required shifting or refining the services being offered. I still do it, but the people I do it for, it does create more meaningful and value of the work that I perform. So just to relate to what you just shared, I do see that as something, how I've been able to use that. Yeah, that's a great point. In my work and what I do, I always try to look for opportunities because I know as a human being, you know, I like to innovate, create, make progress. So I try to bring that to all of my clients So you might be asking not for innovation, creativity, and progress. You might just be asking for a very straightforward project, but I'm going to make suggestions anyway that they're going to help you innovate, create, and make progress in whatever it is your business. And that's me showing up in your business, whether or not you've asked for that. Then that also helps me feel true to myself and have integrity because otherwise, who are you than anybody else? And not to, you know, put all the spotlight in terms of, you know, a career or a job or position, but knowing your interests and your likes and things, I know you're a passionate cyclist. How do you believe that sport or that activity has contributed to you living a fully expressed life? Gosh, I could talk about cycling all day, but I won't. (laughs) But one, I've talked about the connection to nature. So having that and just being aware of how everything is connected. Two, I'll kind of just tell you what I learned from it. It taught me, literally, it's an endurance sport. It taught me that how to take with me just only what I need and not to be kind of overly consuming in life because you're literally, you're getting on a bicycle, you're going to ride a hundred miles. You can only take with you what you need. So Mm. it actually shifted my mentality in life. Like, what do I really need to be fine doing? It's made me realize we don't need all of this stuff and the relationship between energy and output and how simple life can be as well. And, you know, one of the other things is that I learned from it is that life is a game of ounces. Everything counts. And however you show up in sport and work with your friends, with your family, it matters and contributes to however it is you're performing in life. 
Wow, that's huge. Everything counts. It's either for you or against you, and it shows up in how you live life and your relationship with others. That was powerful. So, Laura, what are some of the strategies you've learned in order to live a fully expressed life? I think that it's moving beyond, you know, you hear a lot about accepting yourself. It's more than that. And for sure, that was part of my path in reconciling who other people want you to be versus who you really are. For sure, that was a part of it. But moving beyond that, one of the strategies that you and I have talked a lot about too, is learning to be go beyond that and become the authority of your own life and always being for yourself and never, ever going against yourself. So always giving yourself permission to be the authority to be for yourself and never, ever going against yourself. And if I just want to go a little further, if we wanted to add context to that, what would that experience be like becoming an authority in your own life and giving yourself permission to be who you are? Yeah, I think it's beyond, as I said, just self-acceptance, because that is just giving yourself permission to be who you are. But it's authoritatively showing up and unapologetically for who you are and what you believe in and applying your values to the way you go about life. There's some level of self-accountability in that because you have to be very aware and conscious of the ways in which you are contributing to who you said you are and, and that you want to be. It's almost like you're saying you're okay with who you are. I'm okay with me. I'm okay with you versus trying to, you know, pick or self-criticize or shame yourself for something you want to do or should be doing or not doing or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And I never really did that so much, but I was more worried that, especially when the friction first comes up, wait, well, how come you don't like the activities you used to like? And, you know, why don't mm. you want to stay out late? Now I just don't care. Like it's like, hey, I am who I am. You either you love me or hate me, but this is who I am. And that kind of authority that it's not my responsibility for you to like the way I show up in life. It's my responsibility for me to like that. And how does that play out in your world in terms of the people around you when you're in this space of, you know, living fully expressed and being the authority of your own life? You know, I think, and you and I have talked about this as well. It's interesting. You will attract people like you and you will just naturally who are in that way. At the same time, you know, you might encounter some friction too, because people aren't used to that kind of strong mentality and that's okay. That's okay. But you have to just be aware that that's part of the dynamic and not everybody is on that same path and that's fine too. That's beautifully said. And just changing the talk a little bit. Let me ask you this, Laura, what does true worth mean to you? I think it's what's it's defining value on your own terms. It could be like a pie of things that could be having in your day or in your year, the right mix of financial activities, income generating activities, spiritual activities, familial activities, connections with friends, but being able to have a full balanced mix of things that you believe are valuable to you. To me, that's true worth. That's perfectly said. And not once that I hear you say, this is what society is saying, and this is what's you know, someone else thing, but it really is all an inward game. Would you say? 100%. 
it's all an inward game and that's not something that anybody else can tell me what goes in my mix or I could tell you what goes in your mix. For one person, it might be, I need to make $250,000 a year. I need to whatever, travel to all these places. For me, it might be, you know what? I've traveled a lot. Like, I don't really care about that anymore. You know what I mean? It depends on your own life experience. And that's important to note because sometimes we feel that we can't have our own voice or have our own defining terms of our life without it being accepted by people outside of ourselves, like maybe a parent or a sibling or a boss or something like that. So understanding that part of living this fully expressed life and understanding your true worth comes with you defining life on your own terms and being a hundred percent okay with it. Yeah. And it's interesting because over time now, it's really just about having the courage to step yeah. away from the pack. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, over time, those in your close circle, they're going to get it and they're going to give up on trying to make you stay in the pack <laughs> and they'll start to value for your uniqueness. And almost inspired by your courage yeah, to step away from the pack and do your own thing. Right. Absolutely. Wonderful. And as we can wrap up, which I could go on hours with you, Laura, tell me some of the kind of people you look up to or the type of people that fascinate you or you admire or inspired by. Yeah, I think like everyone, I tend to be gravitated to people who reflect some of the values that I'm talking about. But in terms of types of people, scientists, astronomers, even artists who understand a level of connectivity beyond what's obvious in our daily existence, even people who have insights that are beyond what's reasonable for their life experience or study could be child, it could be an older person who just comes out with a piece of information or insight that you can't understand how it's possible that they would know that based on their background. That fascinates me. How do they know that? And then from a corporate standpoint, companies who are really changing the way society works and making things better for so companies like Patagonia, B Corp, Thrive Global would be three that I look up to and really respect because they reflect back to me what it means to be there were to be a fully expressed company that has this, a, a mix of some of the values that I share. I really respect those particular companies. That's beautiful. And it sounds like these individuals and companies help you actually cultivate this fully expressed life by showing you maybe insights in terms of who you are. I heard you mention the scientists and the little child example. And I'm thinking, okay, if I was to learn something from that, that can enhance the way I live life. If you were to learn something from them, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, that's true. And I think that's probably part of my, one of my values, I guess, is curiosity. Because I like to, as I mentioned with personally and with companies like innovating, innovate, create and go forward. So how do you do that? You've got to be curious. So that's probably why I'm fascinated by people who make me curious. Wonderful. All right. Before we wrap up this wonderful and amazing talk with Laura, Laura, is there anything else you would like to share with our listeners about living a fully expressed life? 
I have to say, give yourself permission to let different things come into your life. You might not know why they're coming into your life. And as you begin to shift and have different values than your younger self may have and stick with it, you can integrate new values into older values and don't be afraid to always be yourself. And if you're not going to stick up for yourself and be who you are at all times, how could you ever expect anybody else to? Well said, Laura. Thank you so much for being willing to be so open and for sharing your story with us. As we leave today's episode, we talked about a couple of tools to help you on your path to finding true work. And the main one being moving beyond self-acceptance to learn to live life for yourself and never against yourself. Thank you so much, Laura, for sharing your story. It's my hope that our listeners can take away tips and ideas to help them live a fully expressed life and find true worth, whatever that means, and defining that on their terms. Thank you for tuning in. Every inch of our episodes, we get closer to our truth. We are live every other Tuesday, so please join us and share this podcast with those close to you who could benefit. Each rating and review helps others to discover it too. For more episodes or to book an introductory session, go to findingtrueworth.com. The day is yours to create. I invite you to live it according to your truth.